You're listening to the Known Legacy Podcast, brought to you by Known Legacy Ministries. For more info, go to www.knownlegacy.org or look for us on social media under Known Legacy. Now here's your hosts, Bill and Travis. One of my favorite shows of all time. Mm-hmm. One is Mythbusters. And, uh, yeah, that was a good show. That was a great show because it was, it was STEM-influenced, and it was creative, and it was fun, and kids loved it. And I think that there's going to be a lot of scientists in the world and entrepreneurs and, and inventors because of that show. And yeah. the other show that I absolutely loved, and it seems like it's on 24-7 right now, Yeah, it's Dirty Jobs. Do you, what's, what's your thoughts on the, the show Dirty Jobs? Well, it's funny. We were just on vacation, and, uh, and we were, you know, so then there comes that point in vacation where you just, like, you stop. You're like, I'm just going to go back to the hotel and hang out in the AC and fall asleep, which is just the best vacation ever. Um, and, uh, and Dirty Jobs was on consistently. And so there was this one about trying to harvest these different birds and they use this like these like barges on the water <laughs> and they just put strings up like just strings that were like, you know, four foot by four foot. And they yeah. said that the the owl that I guess is their greatest predator predator is like the wingsman is too far far. So they can't get into those to they, they can't get into those strings right. so you can keep them open. And I'm like, but anyways, so he goes through all these ones and I love it because most obscure jobs. But he is, I love that he brings light to like these jobs. You're like, I didn't even know that thing existed. <laughs> you know, like crazy, right. disgusting jobs. But he does them all. You know uh, what I'm saying? It's yeah. crazy. He was, in, he was uh, inseminating fish. You know, like he was, and you're <laughs> yeah, like, how did that one? That was crazy. <laughs> and, and he's such a brilliant like character because he, he's trying to do this. The fact that people are trusting them with this job and he has no clue what he's doing. I know, right? And he's he's breaking, but he doesn't take himself too serious. Not at all. But he absolutely appreciates what they're doing. Right now he's doing uh, a thing called The Road Show. I don't know mm-hmm. if you're familiar with it. Um, yeah. And there are two episodes in. R-O-W-E-D. <laughs> right. Micro Road Show. <laughs> and he's just giving Barsky the hardest time <laughs> about everything. But they're going through and kind of like doing a, hi- a highlight reel. You okay. know, of some of these things. And, and so the one that I watched last night with the family was tight spaces. Okay. And, you know, one of them was this guy who at the Mackinac Bridge has to go down to the footings. And it's this hole that's literally not big enough for a human body, but somehow they fit the human body. And he has wow. a gun and the gun at the end has nails. And he just does it all day long. Just hammers away old paint so that it can be ready for new paint so that it doesn't corrode. And that's that's his job. It's wow. not like he does it for a day. It's like he Every starts day. at one end of the bridge and he finishes the other end and then he goes back. And by the time he gets back, guess what? He's got to go back and do it all yeah, over That's like again. the Golden Gate Bridge where they just constantly are painting it. Constantly, right. That's crazy. And, and, it's just, and it, what I appreciate about Dirty Jobs is the fact that he goes into these jobs that are absolutely essential within our culture, right? But no one recognizes and no one sees. And he sees the personalities of the people that are doing these yeah. jobs. And, and they like... They're proud of it. Yeah. You know, things that would, would be like beneath us, yeah. which is absolutely yeah. insane. Like, like I tell my kids all the time, I was like, if I dig a ditch and it puts food on the table, I'll be digging ditches for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Because yeah. there's no job beneath me. Yeah. Um, and, and he just, the dignity that these men and women have as they do these wretched, horrible, hard, gross, stinky, smelly jobs yeah. is like, that's what we need An more in our culture. honest day's yeah. work. An honest day's work. Yeah, they, there was a, a book uh, my wife read a long time ago, and, and I think it was called Toxic Charity. Um, oh, yeah. And, and he talks about, and again, this is just one part of the book, but he, he, I, if I'm thinking this right, I mean, it's off the cuff a little bit. He's talking about how 
there was a there was five different youth groups that came down to this guy's house to paint his house. And he said the accumulative cost of all of these groups was like fifty thousand dollars. Right. And the guy sat there on the side and watched as people painted his house over and over and over again, but they didn't have the heart to say, We've already got this painted this year. We need it we need like something else, like better footings or right, whatever. Right. But the but the kids all come in the same colored shirts, you know, sixteen or fifteen year old girls and twelve year old kid boys and things like that. and they're just painting his house and the guy just sits there with his family and watches and then has to live in it. And we're like, yay, for Jesus, we're doing this. But we've not added dignity to the guy's life where if they just took one group and said, here's $5,000, you can go paint your house and live off that almost the whole year. It's just like, come paint the house with us. Correct. Like, come with us. We don't want to give you charity here. We want to involve you in the solution to the problem. Yes, yes. And you'll feel better about your house. You'll feel better about the paint job because you are actually invested in it. So my question to you today as we talk about dignity What's the difference between dignity and self-esteem? Because our culture is consumed, at least the culture that you and I grew up in in the 80s and 90s, was making sure that kids have self-esteem, have good self-esteem. But I think dignity is so different. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And yet yes. we have a culture like enamored with self-esteem. And I, I, I just, so what do you think the differences are between those two you know, things? You know, when I, when, when I think about dignity, I think about... In the very beginning with Adam and Eve, and before sin even existed, God created Adam and Eve, and then he said, tend the garden. Do work. That's dignity, because it comes from a point that the Father has cast this work on you. Self-esteem, and again, I'm not, I'm, we're not trying to just rip apart this idea, but, but esteeming yourself above the idea that God is in full authority over me is is selfishness it's pride and so i think dignity is is a god-centered basis of going okay i'm casting the work on you because you see that your identity is in me that that, that psalm 139 says that we're fearfully and wonderfully made that we're more than conquerors uh you know in rome in romans 8 that we are that we're that, that we're god's masterpiece you know ephesians two ten. that as those things are cast on us then we work from that identity right but but a self-esteem can have us come from the point of of I'm gaining an identity. It's got to be centered around Christ. Well, okay, go back to the Ephesians. The self-esteem says, I'm a masterpiece, mm-hmm. right? And so now I get to decide what's beautiful and what's not beautiful. and becomes very self-focused and self-driven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You forget the second part of that where it's like, no, you're God's masterpiece to do the work that God has called you to yes, do. Yes, and that is dignity. Right, and I think that's the core of dignity because dignity at the core, the, at the core of dignity is not something internal. It's something that... that as you engage in something, you do it as if you're serving the Lord, which yeah. God calls us to. Whatever you do, do it as if you're serving the Lord. Um, you gain the respect of others. And I think that's where dignity really has its weight and has its value. And the fact that doing something in such a way that others respect it and that others value it. Yeah. And um, and that's a powerful thing. Like if you give a kid dignity, yeah, not just self-esteem, but true dignity meaning they're yeah. doing something that others recognize as valuable and 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 giving them respect for that man they will come alive yeah, in those yeah situations yeah. you know self-esteem makes me think of Stuart smalley like i'm good enough i'm smart enough and gosh darn it people like me <laughs> right the problem with that and he's is lying to himself trying exactly, to convince himself because exactly. no one likes him because he's he's a he's a horrible person well that's <laughs> it but, but here's the thing but that comes from basis of someone who's going to fail right see see when god casts the identity on us and God says you're valuable. God says this. He can't fail. 
So we are trusting somebody greater than ourselves. But when we allow ourselves to speak into that, we will fail. We know we, we know that we're weak. We know that we're fallible. You know, we, we're going to cause problems. We're going to sin. I've not met a man. The last couple of days I've heard one issue after another from churches of people, of, of ministry leaders who have failed people. Right. And they're like, oh, and so therefore the church is invalid. I'm like, that's not it. It's that they, they have they, that, that, that you have put them on a pedestal or they put themselves on a pedestal and they have forgotten that God has cast us on them because he said, I can't trust that you're going you're gonna to do this on your own. Right. It's I, you need me to cast this on you because you can't cast this on yourself. Right. So maybe, maybe the equation is um, so having good self-esteem never, well, doesn't necessarily um, lead to dignity, but having dignity yeah. always leads to self-esteem. Does that make mm. sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and and if we overinvest in making sure our kids feel good about themselves, making sure that our kids, um, you know, uh, um, they they put a line on a on a piece of paper and we're like, oh, that's wonderful. You're in twelfth grade and you just put a line on paper. That's <laughs> art. You're amazing. That's not going to actually help them, right? Yeah, so how yeah. do you? What do you think we can do as parents? To help instill dignity into the hearts and the minds of our kids. Yeah. What, what are some of the tools that we've had throughout human history that maybe we've wandered away from, which is also the story of humanity, yeah. um, that we can reinvigorate and bring to bear on our kids so that they wouldn't have self-esteem. They would have dignity, which always brings forth that self-esteem. Yeah, I would say the first thing is we need to make sure that, that our hope is in the trust of, of Jesus Christ and then his word. Right. And once we have the power behind that word... Then and, and we've cast it on ourselves, we can easily cast it on our children um, because they've got to know that it's not just coming from mom or dad, it's coming from the Spirit of God who said this. Like, But it's amazing that when it comes from our voices through the power of the Word, how powerful that is to add dignity to them. So it's like, guys, I'm, I'm not just saying that you're valuable and, and you've got it, but what I'm saying is God says that you're valuable because of Jesus and what he's done. And he, just like you said, Ephesians 2.10, you're a masterpiece to do great things for God. So go and do that. Go right. live what God has called you. I think that's the first thing, right. is casting that kind of truth on the Father, well, and or I think on those kids. And, and let's pull apart that, you know, God sees you as valuable. Um, and, and I think uh, helping pull that apart a little bit and, and kind of defining that will help us kind of grasp what's going on. So first and foremost, we're valuable to God because he created us. Okay, so that begs the question, okay, what did he create us for? And I think the true value in helping kids discover the value that God has for them is going back again to Ephesians text, you are a masterpiece, mm-hmm. right? Now, not yes. every masterpiece. Imagine if every painting in, in uh, the museum was the Mona Lisa because that was a pinnacle of, you know, whatever. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, the reality is you have tons of different masterpieces that are bringing forth different concepts and ideas that are helping us focus on humanity in a way that we didn't before. So yeah. I think bringing value to kids is helping them identify three things. One, you have unique gift set that God has given you, that yeah. he's given you at your birth, and that he is calling you to use for the benefit of inside and outside the church. So value comes from the unique gifts that he's given you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So identify those gifts and then pour yourself into those gifts because that's what's going to have the biggest impact and gain the, the greatest respect and dignity for you. Yeah, right? so so this, I, was, I was reading 1 Corinthians 12, and it's a little bit long, but it says there's one body, but it has many parts. But all of it, all its many parts make up one body. It's the same with Christ. We're all baptized by one Holy Spirit, so we have formed in one body. Didn't matter whether we were Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free people, we were all given the same spirit to drink. So the body is not made up of just one part, it has many parts. 
Suppose the foot says, I'm not, a, I'm not a hand, so I don't belong to the body. By saying this, it cannot, be, it cannot stop being a part of the body. Suppose the ears say, I'm not an eye, so I don't belong to the body. But saying this, it cannot stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, how could it hear? If the whole body were an ear, how could it smell? God has placed each part in the body just as he wanted it to be. If all the parts were the same, how could there be a body? As it is, there are many parts, but there is only one body. And so I think for, for as, as I think through this, I'm going, we need as parents to acknowledge the creativity, the gifting, the skill set of our kids. And that starts with us again, going back to, do I believe this word is true? This word says that, says that, that we've each been given a specific part and that's probably not me. Like I'm noticing more and more that my kids are not me. Right. Like my son, uh, man, he is honestly way smarter than I am way, way quicker on his feet, things like that. And, uh, and my daughter's super, super creative. And I'm just going, we need to stop and look and recognize they have a different role in the body than I do. Right. And so it's for me as a parent to go, I believe this is true. I'm going to cast the truth of what God cast on them, on them. And then I'm going to stop and I'm going to look and I'm going to go, wow, how is my child creative? How is my child gifted and help pull that out of them? Hey, I notice as I watch my kid take, take a week, take this week parents and look at your kids and just examine them. Right. You know, in the midst of normal life and just say, man, what makes them come alive? If it's just their, if it's just their phone, try to find a way to pull them off their phone and then see what really makes them come alive. And then after this, have a conversation with them about what they love to do, knowing that you've got a little arsenal in your mind of like, well, I noticed that you were really good at this. I noticed that you like to bake. I noticed that you're super organized. I noticed that you love this on the computer even if it's a game i love you love what do you building. love about that game exactly what do you love about that part of the game because that'll help identify it. yes two things one is um don't be afraid parents you can do this to um, mandate a technology-free day or technology-free days because the first day is brutal the second day they realize that they have to figure out what to do because the day yeah. is long and you'll you'll be amazed and start to discover where their gifts are. And if if you're having a hard time with it, unplug the internet router and just say the internet's down. Yeah. Like <laughs> just just do that. You can do that. Yeah. Second thing is going on to that. My daughter, um, uh, Molly, she's creative. Yeah, right? super and creative. It, she's very just creative. And so we've really encouraged that. And uh, the other day she decided she wanted to learn cross stitch, right? Now the cross stitch that I know of is you go in, you buy a pattern and you, um, you know, and it tells you the strings that you need and it does all the, you know, yeah. she goes in and buys the stuff and then she buys a bag and hand draws the picture she wants to cross. She's never cross stitched in her life. That's funny. She hand draws it. That's cool. And now she's just doing it and it looks amazing. And I'm like, that is awesome. So, identifying the gifts that your kids have. And again, the art ones are, you know, somewhat more easy to see. The cooking ones can, you know, you can discover those if you give them a chance to actually cook and go through that difficult process. Hard work isn't, you know, there's tons of gifts out there. But I think the value isn't just in the gifts. The value also comes in what is their passions? Like, what are they getting excited about? Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. What makes them come alive? What makes them come alive or what breaks their heart? Sometimes, you know, yeah. because I think God, when, when he talks about you're a masterpiece, it's this blending of different elements that are unique to you and, and then wrestling with that question, God, how have you called me to leverage these into making a difference and bringing your kingdom alive in this culture that is going absolutely crazy, yeah, right? Yeah. So it, it takes a, understanding the unique gifts that God's given you. How do you blend that with the passions, the things that break your heart? 
you know, and how do you leverage that to, to make an impact? And then I think the other part of it is what's your unique history and what's your unique story? Um, because, again, every artist isn't there to point, paint the Mona Lisa, yeah. but every artist has given been given gifts to share a story in a in a you know, vehicle or yeah. in a medium that is unique to them to help us see the world different than we would have seen it otherwise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You no, know? I think that's great. And I think that's it. It's, it's being, a st- again, we've talked about this before, being a student of your children and seeing it, but it, but it's got to be rooted in the, in the hope of the scriptures, in the hope of Jesus to remind them that their identity is not even what they do, it's who they are. And so because they are a child of God, he has equipped them to do this specific element. And so because of that, they, they, we can start to peel back those layers to go, let's try. So I think the first thing is we know where our foundation is. Right. Okay. We cast that on our kids. We stop and listen. We look. We examine our kids. And then we engage them in conversation to go, what makes you come alive? Right. I've noticed this about you. Um, and then we start to help them move forward by adding that dignity to them now. Right now, there's this spirit of uncertainty in our world. And what we can be certain of is God's word is 100% true. Right. Is that he is for us. He's for our kids. So we can take this time to either look back and go, oh, I just barely made it through. Or I help my kids come alive to what God's called them to become. And to usher in his kingdom, the kingdom that Jesus talked about, the kingdom that Jesus preached yeah. over and over again. The kingdom that that is upside down from the way that the world and people in our, our world are desperate to hear about and see yeah you know i think another tool that we have as parents is um and i know we've talked about this in the past but i think it needs to be rediscovered and reinvested in and that's simple things like chores and tasks because again like i'll go back to my son who mows a lawn that dude has dignity because he mows our lawn and he does it in such a way that he knows he gets kudos from us and he gets kudos from the neighbors and that's the biggest thing, yeah. you know, and I think that's a calling that we as parents have too, not just to invest that kind of like attaboys and good jobs to our own kids, but doing it to, to friends, to yeah, neighbors, yeah. to even strangers. When you see a kid do the right thing, to be able to speak life into them and, and give them dignity, say, do not notice that. And that was awesome. You need to do more of that, yeah. you know, whether yeah. it be a kid holding the door for someone. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Or, or um, you know, and, and so, again, giving them those opportunities to fail, to figure it out and then to feel the pride of a job well done, even if it's a dirty job, even yeah. if it's an underappreciated job, you can still give them the dignity. Going back to Mike Rowe, one of the uh, highlights that he had was um, w- early on, they did uh, a show on. Uh, Chinatown in San Francisco and the the guys that do the garbage run in Chinatown. Oh, wow. And and most of this job was going up and down stairs collecting garbage outside of apartments or businesses or whatever. It was a brutal job. And this guy that was doing it, that was kind of teaching Mike how to do it, he had life. He had joy. He was excited. He was working his butt off from midnight till 6 a.m. doing what he was called to do. Yeah. And Mike called him up, and the guy still had as much joy 10 years, 15 years after filming that that he had at the time before because he had dignity in what he was doing because yeah. he saw, you know, it's the old parable. You know, you see a bunch of guys uh, cutting stones for a cathedral, and most of them are downtrodden, and most of them don't understand what they're doing. It's hard work, and it's brutal, and, and, and then there's one guy that has a smile, and he has joy join it and the you know that the parable asks well what makes you different he goes i'm not cutting stones i'm building a cathedral yeah and he had that bigger picture of like this yeah. little task the impact it's making to bring life to others he had dignity in his job because he saw the bigger impact it was having yeah we each have a role to play especially in the kingdom of god 
it, uh, called his children that have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus, we have a role to play. It's not just to go to church on Sunday. It's not just to, to go to kids' ministry or read your Bible and pray. Those things are great, but the, but the bigger part is to have an impact so that when we're gone, when our kids are gone, they've impacted the world in a way that they know that, that it's forever changed because of their, their, their hands and feet being used by, by Jesus. All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the church at this point because I think with church, Oof. we have... Um, being a, being a church planter, um, you, you never have a problem for finding places for people to volunteer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and one of the things that I love about church planting is that often you're finding high school kids to volunteer in really mission-critical places. Yeah. And they know it's mission-critical, and so they rise up to the, the occasion. So our entire tech team right now at our church plant, all right, and yeah. this is setting up the sound system running the soundboard, setting up the video cameras, running the video production so we can live stream, also taking care of the social media while we're live streaming, oh, as well gosh. as running all the slides. All of that is done in the entire team. There's five people. The average age is 15. That's awesome. Okay. But you go into any established church and you have paid professionals that are doing that. Or you have paid volunteers, or not vo- paid volunteers, but you have older individuals that yeah. are doing that and we're 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 stealing from our kids the yeah. opportunities to get up front and to make like mission critical decisions yes. to own it and they will have pride and dignity within that mission of Christ on a Sunday morning that they never would just going to youth ministry where they play fun games and they might talk about some issues important yeah 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 I hear but you. to give them actual roles within the church that's beyond lighting a candle yeah, that's beyond just ushering. It it brings them alive. It's hard. It's messy. They make mistakes. But you know what? If there's one place in the world that we should be okay with mistakes, it's yeah, the place it that proclaims grace every single Sunday, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so giving them a chance to step up and try something like that is essential. Like worship bands. Man, every worship band should have one or two high school kids in that band every Sunday yeah. morning. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, and most of them don't because it's a little bit more work. It's a little, yeah. they'll flake out from time to time. They may roll in late, but guess yeah. what? You have a chance to speak life into that, to talk about, you know, responsibility. Yeah. And as they start to live up to that and start to experience like, oh my gosh, I'm making a difference. Yeah, you're making a difference. Yeah, you are. And you're not just I making a it. difference in this world because you have a job at, at Chick-fil-A. You're making a difference in the kingdom of God because you are helping people understand the love that Jesus, the grace that Jesus has for them. And they're coming alive because of you using your gifts inside and outside the church. Yeah, I love it, man. I love it. I think that's it. So I think that's where it starts. And it starts with the family because what if what if you as a parent out there started to engage your kids in the, in this conversation of a Christ-centered gifting that God has given you, and then they're like, well, I love this. And then you bring that to the, to the local body, and you show them, man, there is more that I could do here and be a part of it. Imagine what that would look like if, if parents stepped up and did that, and the body of Christ actually did what they were supposed to do. It wasn't just a formatted Sunday morning thing, but it was a life-giving place where they're excited about it, and they bring their friends in, and they're excited about it, and they see that they're valuable now. Right. Not, you know, Scripture says it. Don't don't let anyone look, look down on your, on, on your youth but be an example among believers. And I'm finding that same <laughs> thing, too. There are amazing young people 
I just sounded old when I said young people. There's an amazing, t- <laughs> there's an amazing young people. Get off my lawn, you young whippersnapper! And they're amazing and they're they're gifted. But but this starts in the home. Our problems start and end can end in the home. If you as if we as parents step up and engage our children to see the gifting that right. God has put on them. So parents, as much as you want to focus on self-esteem and making sure your kid feels good about themselves. Focus on dignity, giving them something, a responsibility, giving them something that they can yeah. rise up and overcome. Preach it. And, and and making sure that when they fail, you don't chastise them and you don't belittle them, but you give them grace and a new beginning. Yeah. And if that's a pattern you can create in them, they will be adventurous throughout the rest of their lives because they know that no mistake is disqualifying them from the great love of God and the community that they belong to. Yeah, you know, uh, so I'm thinking about this. You were talking about this earlier in Mark 6, where Jesus sends it out, sends out the, the twelve. just the 12. And he said, yes. and he called the 12 and began to send them out by two by two and gave them authority over unclean spirits. I'm not going to read the whole verse, but then he said, hey, if someone doesn't accept you, just shake the dust off your feet and move on to the next town. Right. Indicating this is hard and you're probably going to fail. So move on. Right, or at least in your in, in your interpretation of what a failure is, but God's saying, "I've cast this on you. Don't let any man fool you that I've given you this identity to go and do this. So you go in the power of Jesus, parents. You go and you proclaim this on your kids and say, in the name of Jesus, you've been empowered to do great things now, not right. not when you're forty, but right now. So go and empower them to go and live this life. Dude, that that story we could do multiple podcasts on that story because it, it is. It, the brilliance of Jesus in his leadership position to create space for these guys that are untrained, and all they've done is seen Jesus do this stuff. Yeah. And he sends them out basically to fail, saying, hey, I'm giving you the spirit to do it, but ultimately you're going to have to go into a town, you're going to have to build relationships from scratch, and you're going to have to proclaim the, the great kingdom of God that I'm ushering into reality. Yeah. Go. Oh, yeah. yeah, don't take any of your safety nets. Don't take money. Yeah. Don't take extra clothes. Don't take an extra belt. None of the safety nets that you can bail out on. And in fact, I'm going to put a partner with you because you're going to talk yourself out of it. But there's yeah. another guy that's keeping you accountable. So you're yeah. like, crap, we got to go to that town. Okay, let's see what happens. It's a brilliant moment that we in our lives need to create space for our kids to begin to do these things, yeah. even though we can do it. Jesus could have done it, yes. even though we could do it. But if we want to multiply the, the impact that the kingdom is having, we in our churches, in our families, have got to create space and send them out in impossible tasks, knowing that God goes with them, and watch what he does, and watch the joy and the faith that they come back with. So parents, trust in a God who has cast his belief on you that you are fearfully and wonderfully made so that you can cast that belief on your kids according to God's truth and go and help them come alive to who God has called them to be. Great talk today, man. Hey, we parents, we believe in you. We are thankful for you. Thanks for thanks for watching, listening. You're not watching. If you are, then you're really, really bored. <laughs> but uh, thanks for listening, and we are grateful that, that you're a part of this. And, uh, hey, if you'd like to check us out on social media, yep. uh, Known Legacy uh, Ministries on Facebook, Instagram, just Known Legacy. Uh, or you can go to www.knownlegacy.org. And we are grateful for you. We're grateful for our sponsors, for those who have come in to, to swing around and say, hey, we, we want to we wanna support you guys. If you're willing to support us, check out our website under the uh, giving link. Yes. We would love to uh, have you partner with what we're doing to help change the lives of families and kids all over America. Also, one other thing. Um, a few weeks ago, we did uh, a date night. Uh, for Yes, we did. And we had like 80 people there, and it was fantastic. Yeah. And so I want to thank you, Bill, for 
for putting a, a lion's share of work to make that happen, to all the people who rolled in. And uh, we would love nothing more than to partner with you and your home church yeah. to help your couples come alive, yeah. um, to help them laugh a little bit, reconnect a little bit, and have a great night. And so if that's something that would be blessing to you and your ministry, please email us, info at knownlegacy.org. Yes. We would love to come out and be a part of you and your ministry because it was impactful. It was powerful. It was it was better than I could have even dreamed it, it would have been. My favorite part was watching those couples at the end hold hands and like like kind of snuggle next to each other. Like you guys are you guys are like in chairs, but you look like you're like it was great. A couple couple of pecks on the cheek and pecks on the lips. It was good and it was just a good night for, for couples and we all needed it and so Oh, it was great. We'd love to have it. Hey, listen, thank you guys for listening. You guys have a great day. God bless y'all. Thanks for listening to Buy Dads for Dads on the Known Legacy Podcast. Look for us on social media under Known Legacy or go to www.knownlegacy.org to stay connected. For booking or questions, email us at info at knownlegacy.org.